First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Always great to talk New England football with Paul Perillo from Patriots.com Radio. Paul, thanks for taking the time as we're watching this game and listening to the closing moments on the Patriots Radio Network. Felt like if you gave Tom Brady that much time, he was going to deliver. How did you see it? Yeah, exactly that same way. And I know that, you know, the Texans defensively were playing great in the fourth quarter. They forced a couple of three and outs. But, you know, I just I turned to my buddy Andy Hart and I looked at him. I said, you know, how many times in a row do you think they're going to stop him? And I thought that the, the game comes back to about two and a half minutes left, a little less than that. Uh, it's third and one from the 18-yard line. Houston's up two with the ball. If they get a first down there, they're probably going to run the clock out. Uh, may or may not even have had to kick that field goal. And on third and one, they just ran a pedestrian play up the middle of Lamar Miller. He gets stuffed. Uh, I just can't believe they didn't put the ball into Sean Watson's hands there. And, uh, you know, to compound that mistake, I thought Billy O'Brien had a chance to go for it on fourth down. And even if he gets stopped, it's pretty much the same situation. you got your defense on the field with, uh, you know, a long field to drive. Yeah, you need a field goal instead of a touchdown, but – uh, again, I just I, exactly the way you said it, Brian. I felt if you give Tom Brady some time, he's going to make you pay. And you gave him about two twenty, a timeout plus the two minute warning, and that was plenty of time. It, you know, they just went down the field and and they uh, they went in dramatic fashion. Again, they probably didn't deserve to win. Paul Nick Ferguson here. At the beginning of the season, everyone's talking about after the loss to Kansas City that the fact that you know Tom Brady's forty years old. And you, we look at the defense and the pieces, and they're just getting together and trying to develop that cohesive, cohesiveness. Now we're in week three, and we've seen yep. the Patriots score a lot of points, but we've also seen something that we haven't seen in years. The Patriots give up a lot of points. So if you're Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick, what, what's, what's the res- resolution? How do you solve the issue and slow the <laughs> bleeding as far as giving up so many points? Yeah, I just spent two hours talking about this very thing on our post-game show, and, and I don't have a, an easy fix for you. I'll tell you, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think there's a, person, a, a personnel issue. I don't, I'm not sure that they're talented enough on defense. Now, the secondary has some talent, and they need to play better. They haven't played well, really, in any of the three games, and, and that's Butler, that's Gilmore, uh, and that's McCourty. You know, guys that have played well in the past for this team, uh, well, you know, with the exception of Gilmore, obviously, he just got here. I don't know what the answer is, though, Nick. I don't know if you, you know, maybe change up your personnel, if you get a little bit more aggressive, but you're right. Uh, the three games that they've played, uh, I thought they were really fortunate to only allow 20 against New Orleans uh, last week. I thought the Saints had plenty of opportunities to score, but the Patriots' offense was just so good. They had that two-score lead, and they forced New Orleans into basically going for fourth downs instead of kicking field goals. Um, they forced them to throw the ball into the end zone in an effort to make big plays because they were just playing catch-up. The other two games, Kansas City and Houston, offensively, those two teams did whatever they wanted. They ran the ball, they threw the ball, and today was really eye-opening because they were able to throw the ball with a rookie quarterback who really hadn't shown the ability to move the offense on a consistent basis in a conventional way. I mean, if he was going to come out here and make a bunch of plays with his legs today, you'd sit there and say, well, he's a special athlete. He can do that. But they, they dropped back, and he, certainly he made some plays buying time with his legs, but they did a lot of conventional offense today where they just dropped back and threw the ball to wide-open receivers. And I think the Patriots were fortunate not to allow more because I think as a rookie, I thought Watson was a little erratic, especially in the fourth quarter, missing some open guys. So 
The Patriots have a lot of work to do defensively. You're right, Nick. They don't usually give up points in this this fashion. A lot of big plays they've allowed, um, but they generally have a, a tendency to get better as the season goes on. I would expect that. I'm just not as confident of that as I would be in the past, like I said, because of the personnel. Paul Perillo from Patriots.com Radio, Patriots Football Weekly, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Paul, since you were talking defense, did Malcolm Butler return to the starting lineup, and what do you make of some of the trade talk that's been percolating? Yeah, he was back in the starting lineup, but there's a, a big asterisk there. Uh, Eric Rowe is the gentleman who took his place last week in New Orleans, and he was not active today. He left the Saints game with a groin injury, and he missed today's game. So we didn't really get an answer to that question, would he return to the starting lineup? Now, Butler did uh, get back out there. He played on a full-time basis, and he competed hard against uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I thought Hopkins showed you why he's so tough. Um, you know, I think he had seven catches for 70-some-odd yards. Um, you know, they did a good job of limiting the big plays from him, uh, and I thought Butler was back to his, his competitive self. But still, generally when they threw the ball to uh, Butler's direction, the ball got caught. So the secondary is really, really struggling, and that was supposed to be a huge strength of this team. I thought Devin McCourty was a little bit late at times on tight ends down the seam. Uh, you know, Ryan Griffin caught a touchdown. Uh, and earlier in the game, Bruce Ellington, uh, you know, split the seam uh, on a route right down the middle where, where McCourty looked like he was the center fielder, and he bit on a play over to his right and was late coming over to the middle uh, to get Bruce Ellington. So the secondary in general has been an issue. Paul, you know, when we look at Tom Brady, we know he's the key staple of this uh, New England Patriot team. Uh, five sacks today given up by the offensive lineman. We saw even in the Kansas yep. City game, uh, there was a little, some pressure being placed on Tom Brady. What is it that they need to do with this offensive line to give Tom Brady a consistent, clean pocket? Yeah, it's going to have to get better. Uh, they were without Marcus Cannon today. They're starting right tackle, uh, who was on the injury report all week with a concussion and ankle injury. Uh, he was seen limping around the locker room a little bit on Friday, so I'm not sure which of those situations caused him to miss the game. But Adrian Waddle wasn't overly noticeable in his place. Uh, the, the trouble came from the other side. Nick, uh, Nate Solder uh, had, had trouble off the edge. Now, listen, the Texans are really, really talented up front. And there's a lot of teams that have had Whitney Merciless and Devian Clowney and J.J. Watt disrupt the game. And those guys certainly disrupted the game. I thought they affected play calling at times in the second half. Uh, I, there were a couple of possessions where the Patriots get, came out and just ran the ball. Uh, ran the ball three times and ended up getting stopped on third and one and had a punt. Uh, and I think that was a direct result of the constant pressure that Brady was under uh, really throughout the game. And, again, I talked about some of the good fortune the Patriots had. Brady was strip-sacked three times in this game. He only lost one of them. He was strip-sacked on the final drive, and the ball landed on his offensive lineman who was on the ground. David Andrews ends up saving the day by recovering a fumble. On the next play, Brady throws a deep interception that gets dropped as the defensive back hits the ground. I think it was uh, – Corey Moore uh, for the Texans, who had the ball in his hand, took it to the ground and didn't complete the act of the catch. So there's some, some issues here that are being really caused by the offensive line. I think it's affecting play calling. But th- these are the five guys they're going to roll with. You add Cannon to this mix, and what you saw today is what, what you got. And, and it hasn't been good enough consistently enough. There have been times where they've done a pretty good job protecting Brady, but there have been other times, like the fourth quarter of that Kansas City game, uh, and really throughout the day today where it hasn't been good enough. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't change, you bring up the 40-year-old quarterback element. And I know that, you know, Tom's got it licked when it comes to, you know, he can't get hurt and all that with, 
with the TB12 method, but I can't imagine him surviving, <laughs> taking all the hits that he's taking right now. Thank you for getting the plug in. I know he's trying to sell his book as well. Paul, we appreciate the insights. We know it's a broadcast marathon for you on Sunday, so thanks for joining us again on the NFL on uh, TuneIn. This, this is what we do, right? On Sundays, we talk. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.